0: Hello, and welcome to Coffee & Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee & Code is your weekly rundown for the latest top tech news from around the world delivered every Wednesday. On this show, you'll find a mix of the latest news in the tech world, including privacy, infosec, startups, and more, including interviews with experts, innovators, and practical everyday tech tips to level up your life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-O-F-F-E-Y underscore. And on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Today, I'll be covering the Twitter Bitcoin scam, GitHub's Arctic Code Vault, and how Facebook is addressing algorithmic racial bias. Let's dive in. So last week, a major Twitter Bitcoin scam happened. You probably saw screenshots of tweets from people like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Barack Obama... Companies like Ripple, Binance, Apple, and more. So what happened exactly? Social engineering. Last Wednesday, attackers targeted certain Twitter employees through a social engineering scheme. But what does that mean exactly? In this context, social engineering is the intentional manipulation of people into performing certain actions or divulging confidential information. The attacker successfully manipulated a small number of Twitter employees and used their credentials to access Twitter's internal systems, including getting through a two-factor authentication protections. As of now, it is known that they access tools only available to Twitter's internal support teams to target 130 Twitter accounts. For 35, correction, For 45 of those accounts, the attackers were able to initiate a password reset, log into the account, and send tweets. Twitter is continuing their forensic review of all the accounts to confirm all actions that may have been taken. For up to 8 of the Twitter accounts involved, the attackers took the additional step of downloading the account's information through the Your Twitter Data Tool. This is a tool that is meant to provide an account owner with a summary of their Twitter account details and activity. None of the eight accounts were verified. So let's talk about what the attackers actually accessed. The most important question for people who use Twitter is likely, did the attackers see any of my personal or private information? For the vast majority of people, the answer is no. For the 130 accounts that were targeted, here is what Twitter knows as of today. So, number one, the attackers were not able to view previous account passwords as those are not stored in plain text or available through the tools used in the attack. Two, attackers were able to view personal information, including email addresses and phone numbers, which are displayed to some users of these internal support tools. Three, In cases where an account was taken over by the attacker, they may have been able to view additional information. The forensic investigation of these activities is still ongoing. So Twitter believes that for up to 36 of the 130 targeted accounts, the attackers accessed the DM inbox, including one elected official in the Netherlands. To date, there is no indication that any other former or current elected official had their DMs accessed. So, i.e. Joe Biden. The FBI is leading an inquiry into the attack and details are being updated every day. Um, a A lot of information has come to light since last Wednesday, but this is pretty crazy and it really goes to show the power of social engineering. Next up, let's talk about GitHub's Arctic Code Vault. For those of you who don't know, GitHub is a code hosting platform for version control and collaboration. It's open source. So if you're working on projects, you can put your repository out there and share it with the world. It's a really great tool. I recommend you uh, dive in and learn about it. But what I thought was really cool about this is that GitHub launched a archive program to preserve the world's code. So if you use GitHub, you can be rest assured knowing that your code is in an archive built to last a 1,000 years, and it's in the Arctic. GitHub Universe in 2019 introduced the GitHub Archive program along with the GitHub Arctic Code Vault. And the mission of the Arctic Code Vault is to preserve open source software for future generations by storing your code in an archive built to last, like I said, a thousand years. On February 2nd of 2020, GitHub took a snapshot of all active public repositories on GitHub to archive in the vault. Over the last several months, their archive partners wrote 21 terabytes of repository data to 186 reels of digital photosensitive archival film. Their original plan was for their team to fly to Norway and personally escort the world's open source code to the Arctic. But as the world continues to endure a global pandemic, they had to adjust their plans. They stayed in close contact with their partners, waiting for the time when it was safe for them to travel to Norway. But GitHub is happy to report that the code was successfully deposited into the Arctic code vault on July 8th of 2020. If you go to GitHub's um, website, you can see photos of the journey um, of all these reels to the Arctic. Pretty cool. Thought this was a nice, um fun, positive news um, amidst the, the crazy news cycle going on. So what's next? Um, code, culture, history, and technology. So every reel of the archive includes a copy of the guide to the GitHub Code Vault in five languages written with input from GitHub's community and available at the archive program's own GitHub repository. In addition, the archive will include a separate human-readable reel which documents the technical history and cultural context of the archive's contents which is now called the Tech Tree. Inspired by the long now's Manual for Civilization, the Tech Tree will consist primarily of existing works selected to provide a detailed understanding of modern computing, open source and its application, modern software development, popular programming languages, etc. It will also include works which explain the many layers of technical foundations that make software possible, which includes microprocessors, networking, electronics, semiconductors, and even pre-industrial technologies. This will allow the archive's inheritors to better understand today's world and technologies and may even help them recreate computers to use the archive software. I think this is pretty cool. Um, Think of it as like a, a digital museum for code. Facebook and Instagram plan to examine how Black and minority users are affected by the company's algorithms as compared with white users. Facebook announced that they're creating new teams dedicated to studying and addressing potential racial bias on its core platform and Instagram unit in a departure from the company's prior reluctance to explore the way its products affect different minority groups. The newly formed equity and inclusion team at Instagram will examine how Black, Hispanic, and other minority users in the U.S. are affected by the company's algorithms, including its machine learning systems, and how those effects compare with white users. An Instagram representative confirmed the move, adding that the Facebook platform is also creating a similar product team for its namesake app. The move comes amid a continuing advertiser boycott related to how the social media giant polices its platforms and employee unrest over how it deals with racial issues. The question of how to detect and correct algorithmic bias is a big one for technology companies and governments alike. As Studies have found discrimination in how software drives decisions involving everything from sentencing guidelines to corporate recruiting. The issue of potential algorithmic bias has been a contentious one at times within Facebook. Last year, company officials barred employees from studying racial impacts associated with its platform without permission from the so-called M-Team, which is a senior group of executives that include Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. Around that time, as Instagram was creating new thresholds for suspending or deleting accounts, an internal analysis found that users whose activity suggested that they were Black were 50% more likely to have their accounts disabled than other users under the proposed changes, according to some people familiar with the matter. Instagram officials tweaked the parameters to reduce the potential effects, but prohibited further research on those thresholds. Facebook doesn't explicitly gather race data from users. The analysis used a proxy for race used um, called multicultural affinity. In this case, the African American ethnic affinity cluster based on the content people engage with on the platform. Companies can target ads at these affinity groups with some restrictions. In a statement, Facebook said that the company had been concerned that using multicultural affinity as a proxy for race was unreliable and had required high-level approval for race-related research to ensure it was done responsibly. As part of the formation of the new team studying minority users' experiences, Facebook is talking to outside experts and civil rights groups about how to reliably and consistently study race. A civil rights audit commissioned by Facebook and released this month credited the company with acknowledging the risks and engaging with external experts on the issue. The report didn't assess any potential bias in the company's existing algorithms, noting that the auditors weren't given access to internal research and models. So this is an interesting move on on Facebook's part here. Um, I'll be interested to see how this team plans to tackle this. It's been well known that there's definitely algorithmic bias um, in Facebook and Instagram and a lot of other social media platforms. Um, But I think this is a step in the right direction for figuring out how how to mitigate that. And that's the scoop on coffee and code. If there's a specific topic that you want to hear more about, let me know by visiting anchor.fm forward slash coffee and code forward slash message. I'd love to hear from you. All right, it is time for your weekly tech tip. So today's tech tip comes to you from the native Notes app for iPhone users. So um, I used to use an app called Genius Scan. Um, basically it scans documents and it turns them into a high contrast file. But with iOS 13, Apple released a new feature in Notes that allows you to scan documents. Mind blowing, right? So to access this feature, one, you want to make sure that your software is up to date. But if you go to Notes, you tap on create a new note and then you'll see a series of icons at the bottom. There's a camera icon, so if you tap on that, there's an option for scan documents, take photo or video, or choose a photo from your photo library. You can add a photo to your notes. This is great if you're collaborating on a trip or whatever, um, but for the sake of today's tech tip, we're gonna use the scan documents feature. So once you tap on that, it guides you through positioning the document in your camera view and it uses an AR feature that automatically detects the edges of the document that you're trying to scan. And if it's not um, detecting it in, in the right way, um, as some documents can be weirdly shaped, you can actually drag the corners to the edges of the document. And then you choose keep scan and it automatically generates a high resolution scan for you. So. The days of trying to find a scanner are gone because you've got one in your pocket. So that's your weekly tech tip for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes of Coffee and Code go live.